Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask you to just uh, guide us and help us review these points from your word and uh, open our understanding that well, we men can be good husbands and the women can be good wives and that we might live by your word, that your word would be real in us and that it would be alive in us. Help us, Lord. We want to be the men that you want us to be and the women want to be the women that you want them to be, Lord. We already know that without you, we are nothing, Lord. We're so grateful for your salvation. We're so grateful for everything you've done in our lives. That's why, that's why we're here. That's why, that's why we can work to be your disciples and just not believers, Lord. We want to we wanna really be plugged in. So help us to understand these principles. Help us to apply them, that they would be real, Lord. There would be a reality. So much so that other people could even see that and that it would be a blessing to them. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So I'm going to go through a few few points here. This is, uh, like I say, kind of a review. We're going to take a look at this again and see, see what God has for us. Okay, there's a scripture in Ephesians, mostly Ephesians chapter 5, that is one of the most uh, complete parts of the Bible that spoke, speaks to men. So I'm going to start off with a scripture there, and this, man, uh, this, this sermon could be called The Responsibilities of the Man. The Responsibilities of the Man. What are we responsible for? And the first big one is that the husband is called to love his wife as Christ loves the church, okay? We are called to love our wives as Christ loves the church. So the word of God is making a connection between the relationship of Christ, which the Bible calls as the groom or the husband, and we the church are the bride. So there's that, that relationship. And the marriage relationship is like a parallel. It's something like that. It's similar. So Ephesians 5 from 5, 25 to 33 says, For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So at the end, we get... A little thing there to the wife. The man is told to love his wife. Why? Because we are not normally mushy. 
We're not mushy. We're not sentimental. In our culture, if you're sentimental, you're like not, not good, especially in the Latino culture. So the man is told, love your wife. You need to make an effort, and you have to be conscious of the fact that God asks you to do that. And then the, the, God tells the woman, respect your husband. She, he doesn't have to tell the woman to love because they love. They love. Women are, you know, they're loving. They're very sentimental and emotional. And so God is directing instruction to both of us. Christ's love for the church is a totally giving love. He gave himself totally. So we need to take direction from that. God's love is like that. We need to feel that, hey, I'm in this relationship. I'm all for her. I'm all for her. I've got to work with her. I've got I've to make this work the best way that I can. Now, however, a man does not come natural to us. This doesn't come natural to us. We're greedy. We're a little bit caveman. <laughs> and and um, uh, we, we need, the, the way this works is, I've been noticing more and more, we need to be connected to Christ. And we need to, be aware of Christ, what Christ did in my life, what Christ did for me. In other words, if I can keep in mind and remember, you know what? I didn't deserve how good God was with me. I really didn't deserve it. I need to be appreciative of what Christ did. If I can feel that I appreciate what he did and, 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 and be connected to Christ and be appreciative of, his, of the way he loved me, somehow that does something in us to help us to be able to love other, other people. I just find that when you find people that God really did something tremendous for them in their lives with their own personality or with their situation, I think it's easier for those people to be connected and, and love further. You know, we, that's why the Bible teaches us that we're sinners and that we really, really do need God. We're not going to be able to make this on our own. So a man needs to be connected to God. That will help him to be able to, to love her as Christ loves the church. The scripture also talks about the fact that by loving her, it brings a sanctification and a, and a cleansing, a purification to the wife. So I don't even know how that works, but somehow, if we do this the right way, it, it, it helps sanctification. It helps her to be closer to God. It helps her to be more sanctified, and it helps her to be more purified. Christ loved the church, and that cleansed the church. That cleansed the church. That made her be more ready to be with him. So, it's weird. Like me, I came from the world. My wife was already in church, but... but the scripture says that by me loving the church, I am raising her up. By me loving my wife, by me loving my wife, I'm raising her up. I'm helping to her, her to be more of a woman of God. And that's what we get there in that scripture. Okay, husband's responsibility number two. God calls the man to be kind, merciful, and compassionate with his wife. And then it says, and she should be the same way with him. <laughs> okay, Um you know, our guys, our image of a guy is not kind, merciful, and compassionate. You know what I mean? Like, the image of a guy is, somebody strong, and this and that. But the Bible is calling us to be kind, merciful, and compassionate. Merciful is kind of like forgiving and kind of stuff. Compassionate is understanding. 
I'm talking in lay terms, of course, you would give a better description. Than that. <laughs> anyway, Ephesians 4.32. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So men and women both, we need to realize what God has done for us and what God has done for us good, we need to do that for other people. Okay, there's also the, what is it? Shrek, Shrek or Incredible Hulk concept. You know, a lot of men in the home are Shrek or the Incredible Hulk. And that's, what we, that's where we don't want to be. I think that's what the Bible is saying that we don't want to be. And later on, we'll get into more reasons for that. Kind, tenderhearted, forgiving. <clears throat> okay. The major complaint that women have about their husbands is that they are not affectionate. Anybody ever heard that? Huh? They're not affectionate. Her husband is not sensitive to her feelings. And so she says, with other people, he's different. But with me, he just can't show his emotions. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard that over and over again all over the place. Uh, okay. Let's get down to, to reality. The way that plays out in me is that I'm afraid that if I open up to my wife and tell her what I'm afraid of, then that's going to make her be more afraid and feel insecure. You know what I mean? We guys put on a strong face, but we have a lot of fears and complexes and stuff. But we're kind of shy to talk about that stuff with our wife. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a pride thing. We're, you know, we're proud. And also, like I said, in my case, I was, I don't want to burden her with that. I don't want to scare her with that. I don't, you know. But in, in the relationship, we need to talk. We need to communicate. I found that when I started to talk a little bit, uh, you know, about the things that are going on in my head that are, were a little bit hard for me to get to talk about, I found that, wow, it helped us both to open up and to begin to communicate and begin to understand each other. You know, like, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I just, I, I, my wife is a little strong, you know what I mean? She's a little strong, God bless her, she's going to come and give her, give her a big kiss when she gets here, but... Um, you know, she, she was like a Baptist, you know, she's real strong about the word and everything like that. So uh, I remember when, you know, early in our marriage that I said, well, you know, you're, you're, you're like uh, some kind of a Christian crusader, you know, and I'm not up to that level yet, honey. You know what I mean? But, you know, man doesn't want to admit that. Man doesn't want to go there. But as we began to talk, she began to understand what was going on with me. And then she understood that, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am, I am to lift up my husband and help him to be like the army, all that you can be. You know what I mean? And so we need, we need to communicate. And so that, that here, you know, kind, tenderhearted, forgiving. Wow, forgiving, forgiving. Look at all the junk that the Lord forgave you, you know. So sometimes we're very hard on, on our, our, our wives and on other people, you know. So we got to keep all that stuff in mind. 
Husband's responsibility number three, the man should be the one that provides the needs for the family. Your duh, hello. Yeah, but there's a lot of jerks, <laughs> clowns, whatever, scratching their belly watching football someplace while she's working her buns off someplace. You know, man has to provide material needs and spiritual needs. Guys, I want to tell you something. We have our work cut out for us. When I'm looking at this, I see that we have a lot of, God is looking to us to be responsible in a lot of areas. So we're supposed to uh, supply money and stuff, right? Money and stuff comes from you, <laughs> right? Money and stuff comes from you. And the husband provides an atmosphere of love and reverence for God in the home. Love for one another and reverence for God in the home. Now, it's very hard to provide an atmosphere of love for one another in the home like this. That's not going to provide an atmosphere of loving one another. See? So, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you got to do it. We have to produce an atmosphere of love, loving, love, wanting one another, and also reverence for God. And reverence for God, if you bang it into people's heads, they will say, yes, I'm reverent and I love God and everything else. But it won't be there the minute you're not there. So this, you know, I have to ask God, how can I produce an atmosphere of reverence in my, for God in my wife and my children in a way that will be authentic and real in them. You know, a lot of it has to do with our own example, right? The husband leads the family through the guidance of the word of God. I lead the family not how I think, but how the word tells me to lead my family. And he's be an example of true character. How can I be an example of true character? These people see me every day from the minute I get up till I go to bed. They know everything that's wrong with me. How can I be an example of true character? Why? Because they're seeing all the time that I really believe and I'm sincerely trying to live all this stuff that I'm talking about from the Bible. What turns children, wives, family, everybody off is when you're spouting a whole bunch of stuff like a holier than thou, but they don't see that as being real in you. If you can at least let them see that you're trying, because the fact that the truth is we're all trying. Nobody here is perfect. You know, we're all trying. So that's how we give an, an example, a model of, of true character. It has to be real. That, 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 that they can think, well, he really does believe that. He's trying to live that. Uh, 1 Timothy 5.8 says, Those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. You know, we need to take care of our families. We see now that children, their parents grow up, they stick them in a home someplace and they never go see them. Uh, uh, you know, we need to be together as families. We need to, and, 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 and the man, the husband, the father is the provider. Anybody who is in that position and is not doing that, it says here that they're worse than an unbeliever. They might as well not even be a Christian because they're worse than a non-Christian. This refers to providing material and spiritual needs for the family. 
The most important, of course, is a spiritual need. Because if I'm poor and I'm not able to give my kids many things in the material world, but if I can give them a good, solid Christian foundation, they're going to be okay during, during their lives. However, this provision should also include uh, protection from physical, emotional, or spiritual harm. We're the leader. We're the man. We need to be responsible. We've got to make sure that all those people in our family are fine. Husband's responsibility number four. The man was created to be the spiritual head. Yeah, we go, yeah, man is the head of the home. But the Bible says, under Christ. Christ is our head. So we were created to be the, spirit, the, the, the spiritual head of the home, of the head, the head of the home, under Christ. The husband's authority only functions when he is submitted to Christ. You see? If you ain't following Jesus, I ain't following you. Hello. That's just how it works. It doesn't work any other way. You can scream, bang the table, do whatever the heck you want to do, but you're not going to be seen, respected, and followed as the spiritual leader if it is not obvious that you are following Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, 3. But there is one thing I want you to know. The head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. So it starts with God the Father. He's the head of Christ. Christ is the head of the man. The man is the head of the woman. And, and, the, and the man and the woman are the head over the children. Ephesians 5.23, along the same lines. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. Christ is the head of the church. The man is the head of the home. Now, being the head, what does that mean? That means that the husband carries the major burden the responsibility of what happens in your home, the responsibility of craziness in your wife, you're responsible. You're responsible. Craziness in your kids, you're responsible being a spiritual leader. The man, they love that title, and they, and they like a badge, they shine that badge on my, the man is the head. Well, what does it mean? It means that whatever goes down, whatever goes wrong, you're the, you're the one who's responsible. You remember when Eve ate from the apple and all that kind of stuff? God didn't go and say, hey, Eve, what's up? No, he went to Adam. Adam didn't, didn't eat first. He ate later, but see, God, spoke, God had spoken to Adam, so God went to Adam. We as the man, we are responsible. And that's what what is a man is all about. The world is a mess because men have men, men. Male, we've lost our way. We've lost our way. We're way off. We have to get this together. Being the head means that the husband carries the responsibility, the burden of being the spiritual leader in the family. Husband's responsibility number five, the husband should have a heart toward his children and teach them. The man is responsible for the children being educated in the things of the Lord. And men see that as cosa de mujeres, you know, that's for the women. But we are responsible for, to, before God for that. Psalms 127.3, 
Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward for him. God gifts people, gives these tremendous gifts of children and people kill them before they're born. <laughs> that's, that's serious stuff. They are a reward from God. They're a gift. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. So I think what we're trying to get at here is that the man gets involved with working and I'm the breadwinner and I put the food on the table and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you got to do that. But God also says that you're, you need to have a relationship with your children. You need to um, relate to them, be, be connected to them and teach them the ways of the Lord. And again, appreciate they're a gift from God. They're a special gift from God. They're a reward. So, and we're, we're responsible for what happens to them, how they grow up, and how they end up functioning in life. Okay, the, the father should see the children as a gift from God and spend quality time with them. Quality time with them. And then, I mean, quite frankly, I've never had kids, but I, from, what I can imagine is you got to, like, Okay, there's some uh, fun, fun stuff with them and take advantage of that fun stuff time to be putting good stuff into them, good stuff into them. Husband is to keep his promises to his children. Hello, keep the promises to the children. You know, that whole thing, or yeah, tomorrow we'll go to the zoo and then tomorrow comes and there's no zoo, that kind of stuff. No, keep the promises to the children because that's very important to them. You know, and you don't want the kids to lose respect for the father, for you, right? if you don't keep your promises or lose faith in you. But it's worse than that because as they lose respect for you and lose faith in you, they're also losing faith in God and faith in life in general. And that can cause issues for them. They can develop anger issues or come become bitter with life in general. Wow, this is like important stuff. You know, if we, have, if we have children, we need to take care of that. We need to deal with that. We need to be on top of that. We need to be seeing what's going on. We need to be involved. We need to ask God to help us do this, you know? Because, I mean, I've never had a kid. And, if, you know, if I had a kid, I'd be scared to death. The world is so crazy. There's so many terrible things pulling at children we need to ask God to give us grace to be able to be there and give them a, an atmosphere where they can be happy and be uh, being brought up and educated in, in the things of the Lord Proverbs 22 6 says direct your children into the right path and when they're older they will not leave it direct your children into the right path and when they're older they will not leave it what can I do? The only thing I can do is to do my best. And God knows that. I think that's where we have to be. And I heard somebody say something the other day, because, you know, we worry about a lot of stuff. We worry about a lot of stuff. But if we're walking in God and confiding in him in faith, what they said to me was, well, when you get there, you'll be ready. 
If you're trusting God, when you get to that problem or that, that bridge, you'll be ready. This is a lot of stuff that we need, you know, a lot of responsibilities on us. But, you know, this is a life of faith. We need to get into the Word so we know what, the, what God expects of us. If we never get into the Word, we're never going to know. So how are you going to do it right if you don't know? And then we need to trust the Lord to help us through this. In this verse, the Lord is giving us a guarantee. If I do the right thing and plant the right things into my children with love, with understanding, with kindness, tenderhearted, merciful, if I do all that, it's not going to get away from them. Are they going to get a little crazy when they become teenagers? Of course, we all do. It's normal. But what this is promising us is if we make the effort, it's going to be there. It's going to be part of them. Then, look at this. The husband may delegate some of these things about teaching the kids and raising the kids and, and, leading, and leading. The husband may delegate some of this stuff to the wife. You know, the husband and wife work these things together. However, the responsibility falls upon the man. We are responsible. It's not like, no, 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 it's a cosa de mujer. That's a woman's stuff. Let her, no, no, no. Yes, she can work with us, but we are responsible. We cannot be lazy, careless about these, these things. They're very, very important, especially the training in the Word of God. The Word of God is medicine. It's, it's vitamins. It's great stuff, and they, they need that. First Timothy 3, 4 he must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. How will children respect you when they see that you are not a clown blabbing and insisting on a whole bunch of stuff that you don't do? Or not acting like what they're beginning to understand a Christian is supposed to act like. Once again, the husband must be the spiritual leader and govern his home and his family by being a living example 24-7. We need to be a living example. You know, you're not private, you know. Forget <laughs> Men are into their buddies, their friends, playing poker, football. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not saying that that's a sin or anything like that, but you better make sure that your kids are seeing a good example in you and that they respect you. First Peter 5.3. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care. But lead them by your good example. So lord it over Lord. Lord, uh, the, the Lord is, is the man. The Lord is in charge. So, you know, we want to. Be in charge and by our forceful masculine personality, make people do what we want to do. The Bible here is saying, don't, don't, don't think that's going to work. That's not the way. What's going to work is your example, what they see in you. Husband's responsibility number seven. Husbands should be understanding with their wives, understanding with their eyes, understanding with their wives. Who the heck can understand them, huh? I don't know about you. It's hard for me. They're different, right? They don't think the way we do. I don't see why they can't get it. <laughs> oh, my God. First Peter 3, 7. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. 
She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. So that last part is very important. You better do the right thing because if not, he's not going to hear you too good. <laughs> That's what it says there. Don't, don't get mad at me. You know. But then uh, it says there she's an equal partner. You know, yes, we are the head of the home and blah, 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 blah. But in the reward from God of the salvation and the whole thing, she is on the same level as you. She deserves everything you deserve. You deserve everything. Everything, you know, she deserves, you know, you're equal partners. And so what he's saying here, in the same way husbands must give honor to your wives, treat her with understanding. And what I found took me, wow, took me about three or four years in my marriage to understand, okay, definitely they don't think the way we do. They're wired differently. So we need to realize that. Now, I'm already in this marriage, so <laughs> I got to learn how to deal with this. And, and I, I started to try to understand where she's at. You know, we like tools, uh, cars, and, you know, men's stuff. And they like little decorations and little dolls and stuff that seems valueless to us. But then it hit me that, well... I need to be able to do my thing with my tools and my this and that. So she needs to be able to be herself. That's what, that's what I realized. She has every right to be herself, just like I have every right to be myself. We need to understand them, and we need to honor, him, honor them. I'm understanding more and more from the word that my job is that she should be the happiest woman on the planet. You know? That's, that's, my, that's my goal, that she be happy. That she'd be happy. So, you know, I, I do everything that I can, and sometimes it's a struggle because I know that when she says, honey, don't forget the garbage, she means get that garbage out right now. That's what, she's, that's what she means, you know. And the thing is, if I don't do it right now, she'll do it. You know what I mean? And then if she did it, I blew it. So <laughs> we don't want some woman telling us to throw out the garbage and that I have to get up right that minute and throw out the garbage, you know. But I've been doing it. I've been doing it. I've been doing it. <laughs> and then everything stays nice and smooth. You know, everything works out good. But it, what I mean is that it's not going to be the end of the world if she can be happy. And if that's what she likes, then, hey, I want her to be happy. I want her, you know, I want her to be happy. Anyway, let's hear that. We have give honor to our wives, treat them with understanding, you know, uh, and remember that they are our equal partner. And if we don't get this part right, then it says it's going to hold, hold back our prayers. It's, it's, it's going to be a little bit difficult about that. Here's another thing. Being a woman, the wife may have a tendency to be affected by her emotions. Women are more emotional than, than men. That's not always true either. Sometimes men are more emotional than women. But, but I think in general, that, that, that seems to be the case. The husband must make every effort to love and to understand her. Okay? Um, I don't know about you guys, but like, like, 
to me, it looks like that everything that happens to my wife is the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like they're a little bit more like, ah, you know, like that kind of thing. So we need to be understanding. I find myself like, honey, relax. It's okay. I got it. Everything's going to be okay. Blah, blah, blah. You know? Okay. And then we need to help her to understand that, hey, we're in a spiritual battle. We're together. God's with us. We're going to make it through this. It's going to be fine. And that we need to hand our problems and our things over to Jesus and uh, that ultimately he's gonna he's gonna pull us through so the fact that she's a little bit emotional more emotional sensitive sentimental whatever than me that's not that there's something wrong with her and I have to love her the way she is and work with that you know by me being a tough rough guy with her that's not gonna help the situation any Okay, number eight, God wants a man to be to have romantic love for his wife. Hello, we do that before we get married, right? And then it tends to wear off after we get married. Now, I just want to make a disclaimer here, like on TV, what I'm reading comes from the word of God. I'm not making this up, okay? Excuse me, but this is what the word of God says. Romantic love, romantic love. Okay, it says, um, drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs in the streets having sex with just anyone? You should reserve it for yourselves. Never share it with strangers. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an immoral woman or fondle the breasts of a promiscuous woman? I think that speaks for itself. Then 1 Corinthians 7, 4, the wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. We're here, I'm here to make her the happiest woman that there could ever be and she is here to make me be the happiest man that I could ever be. And then here we see stuff about infidelity and other people and all that and the word is telling us, you know, don't even go there. A major complaint that wives often have is that their husband no longer takes time to be romantic. Their husband no longer takes time to be romantic. And I want to say you this. We're not talking about intimacy here. Intimacy. You know, the women talk about details, stuff like that, that we need to find out, we need to think about. And, and, and find out and, and, and get into doing things so that she will feel romantically loved, like I'm still romantically in love with her, which you are, we are, but we just don't express that. So we need to find ways that we can express that because they need to, they need to hear that. They need to see that. That's how they feel uh, confident and they feel good. Number nine, a man who is a real man and not a clown is committed to his marriage. Committed to his marriage. Genesis chapter 2 says that the two are united into one. And this is absolutely not negotiable. We are one. 
Okay, as I was studying this, I learned something about plywood. Guys know what plywood is, right? When you don't have shutters, you get the plywood to cover the windows. <laughs> You've seen that. Plywood is a whole bunch of sheets, very thin sheets of wood that are glued together so that I always thought plywood was a piece of wood. No, it's made of bunches of pieces of wood glued together, and you don't even realize that. And so when the Bible says we are one, we're like that. We're like a piece of plywood. You know, you don't even see the difference anymore. The two are one. The two are one. There needs to be a commitment to the marriage. Mark 10, 11, he told them, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. It's a no-no. It just doesn't work. It's not allowed. It can't be. Marriage is forever. And I'm going to put in something here. Love is a decision. How many say amen? Love is a decision. Were you very lovable when Christ loved you? No. He decided to love us. When we would spit in his face, he loved us. So don't give me that. I don't feel for her anymore. I don't love her anymore. Work it out. Make it happen. <laughs> God, <laughs> deal with it. Deal with it. It's not all about you. Start taking care of her. Start thinking of her. Or vice versa, the women with the men also. But uh, it doesn't go. Okay, a wife needs to know that her husband is committed to the marriage. And for the woman, it is a security issue. Look at this. Man gets pissed. He leaves the marriage. He keeps on walking. No big deal. A woman by herself now, two, three kids, it is a security issue. I mean, there's love and everything involved, but also she's in a very dangerous place, very terrifying, dangerous place. She needs to know that the husband is committed to this marriage. So we need to get that in our heads. Whatever happens, God's going to help me through. I'm going to get through this. We're going to stick it out. Okay, number 10, the husband is to leave an inheritance for his children and his grandchildren. Let's think about that. Uh, Proverbs 13, 22. Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. The part that we're looking at here is that good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren and their children. God is telling us that we are to leave an inheritance to our children. Now, the most important thing is a spiritual inheritance. As I said before, even if you're poor and you weren't able to scrounge up a lot of stuff to leave to your kids or money or blah, 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 if they have a spiritual inheritance, if they're connected to God, connected to Jesus, connected to their salvation, they're going to be okay. You know, that, that spiritual part is the most important thing. However, it's also biblical. There's nothing wrong with... The parents leaving the kids some money, a house, a business, whatever. I mean, real parents want to do that, want to leave something for their kids. Of course, the spiritual first and whatever else we can do for them. So that's, that's something biblical. 
Now, we'll be finishing with the husband's responsibility number 11. The husband should be alert to seductive women, and he must guard his eyes. Okay. There's a Proverbs chapter 6. I'm not even going to read 24 through 35. Okay. <laughs> I was reading it and I said, I don't think I could read this in church. And it's the word of God. But sometimes the word of God can be very, very detailed. Later on, that's your homework. Proverbs 6, 24 to 35. But I'm going to read what leads up to it. Okay. Here, Proverbs is being very like trying to help us to stay out of problems. Proverbs, I'm reading Proverbs 6, 20 to 23. Proverbs 6, 20 to 23. My son, obey your father's commands. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. That's how that section starts. And then it gets into some very deep stuff about stuff that we men have to be very careful about. In simple terms, men, be alert. Be alert. Men will be men. And the consequences for adultery are brutal and everlasting. They affect you, your wife, your kids, your grandchildren. The damages go on and on and on and on. Matthew 5.28. But I say... Anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That raised the standard. Jesus raised the standard from what it had been in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament was if you did it with Jesus, if, if you just thought about it. Wow. How could I control that, Lord? Well, I don't know how, but that's what we got to do. All right. Very important. When a man's wife sees him looking with lust at another woman, one, it destroys her. Two, it destroys her self-esteem. They get so, a bunch of complexes and stuff. Destroys her faith in the marriage and destroys her faith in the husband. We need to honor her. Lift her up. She is the one. She's the queen. She's my queen. She's my gift from God. And men, remember that a man is generally first stimulated sexually by vision, what you see. So, men of God, beware. Many men have become slaves to pornography on the internet. Okay, these are the dangers. And so anyway, time is coming up. We've gone through a whole bunch of stuff today. This is all stuff that God is demanding of you and of me. It's a lot. It's a lot of information. There's a lot of scriptures. I hope you were able to write some of them down. You know, uh, yeah, can I get a little music? A lot of information. We have a lot to think about. We have a lot to pray about. 
And when you look at that whole bunch of stuff, you say, oh, I don't know if I could ever, I don't know. You know, wow. We, we are very much, how many of you guys are aware of your faults? I know my faults. I'm, I'm aware of them. I know my craziness. I know the craziness in my own head. I, I'm, I, de I deal with that every single day. So we need to pray about this because, fellas, we didn't do anything to earn Christ's salvation. It was given to us as a gift. And in the same way, everything in our whole life is like that. We just come to him, we kneel, and we say, Lord, here it is. I need you to help me. And like Moses says, if you don't do this, it ain't going to happen. We need to just give ourselves to the Lord and, and kind of step back, relax, and let him do what needs to be done in our life. Okay, so let's all stand. Right now, we're out of time. And uh, like I said, this is a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff to remember. A lot of stuff to think about. I just thought that since most of the women were out today, we could talk a little bit about, about this. And uh, right now, let's just, let's just pray and present ourselves to the Lord and ask Him to do what we cannot possibly do on our own without his help. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. We thank you for all these scriptures, Lord, all this teaching that you have for us. And it may seem a little overwhelming, but we know that it's there. And if it's there, it's what you want us to do and you will help us to get into that mindset. Lord, the men in this church are champions, Lord. We just thank you for all of them. We know that in their hearts, they want to be like you. They want to obey you. They want to follow you. I just ask you would be with them. Also ask for the women, Lord, that they are our perfect helpers. They are a gift from God. That you would bless them and help them to be the women that we need them to be. The women that you want them to be. Thank you, Lord, that we were able to be here this day. A special day. Looking forward to the women coming back. And it's going to be wonderful. And we just thank you. For these words and everything you have, may we just take in your word and make it a reality in our lives, Lord. And we thank you for feeding us today. And we just ask that this week as we go along, all the things that we need to do, that your presence would be with us, Lord. And that we could walk confidently, Lord, knowing that you're with us and that we can walk in your ways. Because your Holy Spirit is with us. And we just thank you as we dismiss now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. We love you guys. Say hello to one another in the love of the Lord.